Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Sarcastic Voyage presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner, starring Terry Drozdak as Gondola Vanderbork. Let's get this out of the way up front. I am your new narrator. <laughs> yes, the continuing story of Contentment Corner has gotten pretty complicated over the course of over 13 hours of material featuring, no kidding, we counted, more than 100 characters. And that's not even including all the presidents. It can be a bit difficult to follow, even for the most devoted listener. Okay, but who's this guy? You may be asking yourself, and well may you ask. Fair question. Okay. Uh, remember just now when I mentioned the most devoted listener? Well, that wasn't a hypothetical, friends. This listener does indeed exist. And I'll be the one guiding you through the exciting world of Contentment Corner for the foreseeable future. To this point, the show has tried its best to subscribe to a show-don't-tell philosophy, and while this is, broadly speaking, a good approach to take, it fails to account for the fact that this is radio. But, well, it's podcasts which are basically radio, except better in every measurable sense. But one thing neither medium is especially great at is showing things, being, as they are, non-visual, and that's where I come in. And this episode is the start of what you might call a soft reboot. Everything that's happened in the preceding 36 episodes is still very much canonical. If you've been following along all this time, you're bound to spot all manner of references, callbacks to previous installments, and other such chicanery. If you haven't, though, don't panic. This is what they brought me in for. I'll give you all the information you need to follow along. Really, this is just a minor course correction, if anything. Don't think of me as a Cousin Oliver. Think of me more as a lack of Mark Brandanowitz. And if you don't get this reference, don't worry about it. Someone did. And you don't need it to follow what happens in this episode. And yes, if you're wondering, things do happen in this episode. I just need a few more lines to get the new people caught up and we'll be underway. Okay, so... Contentment Corner is a small town in Zizix County, North Dakota, with a population of about 1,500. Uh, pretty much everyone there has a secret because that's how soap operas work. Now, these secrets can be anything from the town librarian is a witch who also runs an organization for young girls that recruits new witches, to a 16-year-old girl's body hosts the minds of her mother and grandmother in addition to her own mind. I'll fill you in on more stuff like that as we go, but for now, all you need to know is that this town is full of secrets. Our story begins with Gondola Vanderbork. Gondola is the personal assistant to Clegg Jorgensen, current CEO of Zizix Cosmetics, the second largest company in Contentment Corner. It's 8 a.m., and Gondola is just starting what will prove to be a particularly exasperating day. Listen, Domingo, we talked about this. You can stay by my desk only if you keep still and be quiet. What is it that I've told you? That's right. Think lawn ornament. Good boy. Gondola was, not exactly by choice, mind you, currently responsible for the care and well-being of a flamingo that had belonged to her previous employer, Jad Cortland. Jad had recently not exactly by choice, mind you, been brutally murdered. With no one capable, or let's be honest, willing to care for the bird upon Jad's death, it fell to Gondola to look after it. Most things that people didn't want to do at Zizix Cosmetics fell to Gondola. This will become abundantly clear to you soon, as it's one of those times where showing has a distinct advantage over telling. 
Ah, Miss Vanderbork. You're here, late. Actually, sir, I'm just getting in. Just getting in? But it's... Oh, it's morning, isn't it? We've been out all night, my dear. I'm not sure it's appropriate for you to refer to me as... He wasn't talking to you. Oh, Miss Verino. I didn't see you standing there. I suppose I mistook you for Mr. Jorgensen's shadow. No, no, Miss Vanderbork, there's no need for hostility. Everlet is a big part of my life right now. And as such, I ask that you treat her with the respect that she deserves. I thought I was. What my dear Clegg is trying to say, my dear, is that you should treat anything I say as a direct order from your employer himself. That's not entirely what I meant. No, I think it was. Well, who am I to question the woman I'm currently sharing a bed with? I'm not sure I need to hear this, Mr. Jorgensen. Oh, not just a bed. Also your car, your dining room table, and that couch in your office. Oh, God. Is that what you two have been doing in there? I don't see how that's any of your business. Neither do I. And yet, here we are talking about it. In my actual place of business. Miss Vanderbork, we've had quite a long night, and it's likely to be an even longer day. There are a number of things I'll need you to attend to. Important things. Vital to the continued success of this company. I don't suppose any of them involve the production of cosmetics? It's ostensibly what we do here? Never mind. I assume you've prepared a list. You know me too well, Miss Vanderbork. On this, Mr. Jorgensen, we are completely agreed. Come, Domingo. Jesus! Is that thing alive? I thought it was just decoration. Maybe my training is actually getting through then. Good day. Off Gondola went Flamingo in tow to carry out the daily list of absurd and ridiculous tasks handed to her by her employer. Actually, you know what? I think you've heard enough from me for the moment. I'm just going to hand narration duties over to Clegg's to-do list for now. Don't worry, I'll be back before the end. Item 1. Pick up my shirts from the bank. I'm well past the point where I'd even ask why his shirts are at the bank and not at the- Item 2. Swing by the dry cleaners for some beetle toe, a handful of blood meal, and a sprinkling of deadly nightshade. Naturally. Item 3. Lunch. Stop by the Tordovian Deli. Oh, hi, B-I-N-G-O. You're my favorite customer. I... beg your pardon? I don't believe I've ever even been in this establishment before today. Oh, I think you may be confused. My dad is speaking Tordovian, which some English speakers tend to have a hard time with since it sounds exactly like English, but none of the words mean the same thing. Some English speakers? Uh, okay, all of them, really. Papa, don't Rolling Stone. Get your sweet bippy on down to the prices right. Say it, don't spay and neuter your pets. What a charming establishment. We like to think so. Now, what can I get you? You'll have to bear with me as I'm ordering from my boss and I'm not entirely sure what most of this is. Really? You? What is that supposed to mean? Well, no disrespect intended, but you don't seem like you should be getting lunch for anyone. You're much too... You're not going to say old, are you? I was going to say classy. Nice save. Behave yourself, you bad penguin. Miss, I don't wish to contradict you, but that's not a penguin. 
It's a flamingo. I know that. It's our little inside joke. You and the penguin. Uh, uh, the flamingo. Exactly. You know, the flamingo is a very important animal in Tordovia. You don't say. No, seriously. It's even on our flag. Have a look on the wall behind you. Huh. So it is. There's a flamingo and a candy cane? How very... majestic. And here I thought it was just a clumsy attempt to flirt with me. I would never flirt with you, miss. You're much too... Classy? Got it in one. Now, what can I get you? Let's see. He wants a double order of huspa broisted platypus, a side of puffin muffins, and an order of goulash, but only if it's made with real ghouls. How dare you, Senator? Sorry, what did he say? He's offended that anyone would dare suggest that we would prepare our goulash in anything but the traditional way. Don't worry, I can handle him. Cheese it, it's the copy machine guy, as played by Rob Schneider on Saturday Night Live. And you're certain that's not English you're speaking right now? Definitely a completely different language. All right, let's get this food to Mr. Jorgensen before it gets... Excuse me, I believe you're in my chair. It's important to have beliefs in this uncertain universe. There's nothing uncertain about it. You're sitting at my desk. Yes, it would appear that I am. Well spotted. Get out of my chair. Oh, what? You'll stick your penguin on me? How did you know I called my flamingo a penguin? I'm a psychic. I know everything. Well, that doesn't seem very likely. All right, I heard you talking to the thing on your way in. Your voice carries pretty far when you're yelling to be heard over all that factory noise. It doesn't take a psychic to notice you're not getting up from my seat. Don't make me call Mr. Jorgensen. Actually, I'd quite like it if you'd do that very thing. It's him that I've come to see. Wait, he? It's he that I've come to see? No, that doesn't sound right at all. I've come... Oh, good, that'll be him coming out of his office now, then. Not quite. If you're the psychic we called for, I'm not impressed so far. In fairness, I'm not that kind of psychic. I'm more of a necromancer. A medium? No, I wear a large. Miss Vanderbork, that's not what I would call a professional demeanor. I didn't say a word. You didn't, but I could hear your eyes rolling from across the room. Could you please let Mr. Jorgensen know that his lunch is here? And as soon as I can get back behind my desk, I can get back to work on Oh, my... there's no time for that. I have another list for you. Of course you do. Oh, are you going on a run? Because I've quite the list of supplies my own self, as it happens. I don't work for you. Take the list. I don't work for you, either. But basically, you do. Now, don't embarrass yourself further. Take the list. Fine. Come on, Domingo. Hold on a second. What now? One of the items on my list is a feather from a flightless bird. So I think I can... There we are. Flamingos aren't flightless. Oh, is that so? Those ridiculous things can fly, can they? Yes, they can. Then I suppose this feather is worthless, then. Throw this away for me, won't you? Well, maybe if you'd have bitten him instead of just crying about it, he'd have gotten the hint. I'm sorry. That was not your fault at all. Come on. Let's get started on the next list. Get me some mud from the graveyard. 
The closer you can get to the riverbank, the better the mud. Check. I'll need some holy water and unholy water. One pint of each. And God help you, don't mix the two. Check and check. Bring me one hoof of swine. What in the world is he intended to do with all of this? Wait. Hoof of swine? That's just pig's feet. I can get this at the grocery store. Check. And finally, go to the empty lot in the town square and pick me a one-leaf clover. I know I've said this before, Domingo, but this is easily the worst day I've ever had at this terrible job. Yes, all right. The worst day so far. Okay, we're here in the town square. I'm not sure I've ever noticed an empty lot here before, but... Wait a minute. This is where the lighthouse used to be. Her lighthouse. Hi, it's me again. Did you miss me? I missed you. Okay, so this is a bit of a weird one. Uh, Contentment Corner did indeed once have a lighthouse, despite the fact that it's in North Dakota, which is a uh, notoriously landlocked state. And it had nothing to do with that river we mentioned a minute ago. That river is frequently mistaken for a ditch and could barely accommodate bath toy-class naval vessels. There was no logical reason for this lighthouse to exist, but that's how we roll in the CC. I'm so sorry. Anyway, uh, for nearly a century, the inexplicable lighthouse stood in the town square, and prior to its destruction, it was tended to by Ravina Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi von Schmidt, who took her nonsensical nautical duties extremely seriously. Gondola herself had visited this very lighthouse in 1986 to visit Ravina, who was, wait for it, her sister. This is quite a place you have here. I'm rather fond of it, thanks. Doesn't it bother you that it's so... What? Phallic? I was going to say unnecessary, but yes, now that you mention it... Oh, be honest. If I'd told you when we were growing up that I'd end up with three dead husbands behind me, living in a penis-shaped building out in the middle of nowhere, you wouldn't bat an eye. I suppose I wouldn't, at that. Ravina? Yes? Is it true that this town is filled with vampires and demons and aliens from the sun? Among other things, yes. And you feel safe here? Of course I feel safe here. You don't go through as many men as I have without developing razor-sharp defense mechanisms. I'm just... well, I worry about you out here. You're my only sister, and I'd hate to see anything happen to you. What do you mean by that? Oh. <clears throat> you didn't actually mean that as a threat. I'd forgotten you could actually say the phrase, I'd hate to see anything happen to you, and just mean it literally. I'm being serious. So am I. It's sweet that you're so concerned, Gondola. I promise you, I'm fine here. But I'll tell you what, if I ever disappear under mysterious circumstances, I'm counting on you to either find me or avenge my death. You're teasing me right now, aren't you? I most certainly am not. Of course, Ravina did disappear under mysterious circumstances a few years later, because this is a soap opera. It's almost impossible for someone to speculate about something happening to them someday and not actually have it come true. Things may be a little strange around these parts, 
but we are still bound by the laws of basic narrative causality. Upon learning of her sister's disappearance, Gondola moved to Contentment Corner, changed her name to Vanderbork in an effort to blend in. In fairness, that was probably a pretty smart move on her part and proceeded to dig up everything she could about what had happened to Ravina. Over the years, she systematically exhausted every possible lead, reaching dead end after depressingly dead end. Gradually, she began to forget the reason she'd come to Contentment Corner in the first place, and lost herself in the job that she'd originally taken as a cover story. She had, essentially, developed what could be described as an extremely selective case of amnesia, which seems very unlikely, I know. Again, soap opera. But upon recalling the existence, or rather the absence, of the town's lighthouse, the memory of her sister's absence came flooding back, like something that could be in no way mistaken for a ditch. With those memories came a restored sense of purpose and above all the certainty that she no longer needed to withstand the daily indignities heaped upon her by an ungrateful employer. It was with this certainty that she triumphantly marched into her employee's office to declare that she, Gondola Vanderbork, nay Donovan, was quitting, or at the very least putting in her two weeks notice. She is a professional. Well, at least my desk is finally empty. You're right, it's not my desk anymore. I'm going into Mr. Jorgensen's office right now, and I'm... What in God's name? Ah, Miss Vanderborg, welcome back. I'd like to introduce you to my new business partner, the ghost of Zizix Jones. Okay, if you're one of those new listeners we've been so desperately trying to win over, you probably have no idea what this means. I mean, look, I just told you I'll give you all the information you need to understand the story, and I will. I promise, I will. In our next exciting installment. <laughs> you long-time listeners, you know what this means, though. Zizix Jones is back from the dead! <laughs> <coughs> Episode 37 of Contentment Corner featured Mark Bosco as Afghan Bellhop, Christy Brannon as Evelette Verino, Terry Drozdak as Gondola Vanderbork, Brian Lynch as the narrator, Amanda Smith as Ravina Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi Von Schmidt, Jason Wallace as Clegg Jorgensen and the Psychic, and Ron Algarwat as Emirati Bellhop. It was written by Ron Algarwat with Terry Drozdak and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2017. How did you know I call my penguin a flamingo? How did... <laughs>